Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Phillies Today. Hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Justin Morgenstein with you here for the last Phillies Today pod of 2023. Wish I could say we have a lot to talk about, but this has truly been, I feel like, one of the most dead off-seasons you could possibly have after the Noel signing uh, that I can remember. Would really, really appreciate if Dave Dombrowski and the front office could give us something more to chat about, but hey, it's all good. We'll still be here every Friday. You know how it is. Uh, Still going to talk some fills and look ahead at 2024 a little bit. And uh, I'm also, in light of the new year, going to give you my best Phillies moments of 2023 as we do our own little year in review here regarding the Phillies. Uh, So yeah, but before I get into all of that, uh, I want to bring up an article that came out from Alex Coffey of the Inquirer a couple days ago. Uh, Talked about Johan Rojas and what his offseason has been like so far. Uh, It's well known at this point that in Game 7 of the NLCS, Johan Rojas and maybe just the Phillies lineup as a whole got exposed with that uh, number 9 spot in the order coming up in a few key situations there. And obviously, Johan Rojas not being able to come through with the bat in his hands a few times in some key spots there. And you know, since then, Dave Dombrowski has said in his season-closing press conference that uh, it's not a guarantee that Johan Rojas will be on the opening day roster next year and that he needs to make major strides with the bat in order to make that you know a guarantee that he is with the ball club uh, or with the big club to start the year. Whether that means that Brandon Marsh starts the year in center field or they make a move, uh, it is certainly not a guarantee that Rojas is up with the Phillies to start the year. But over the past few days, I've seen some posts on social media from Johan Rojas himself and some others of him working out and, first of all, looking absolutely jacked. I know looks like he's put on some serious muscle to start the uh, offseason, so that is a good sign there. And it looks like he's been taking swings every day and working on his mechanics at the plate and you know, hopefully his power, too, because you know the power was clearly an issue for Rojas as he got up to start the year's first. Uh, took him a position player pitching for him to get his first career homer, I remember. And uh, now Alex Coffey's article kind of confirms that Johan Rojas has been working with Kevin Long this offseason and has told him that he wants to get better at the plate. Uh, we had this discussion from the time that Rojas came up until now that if he can ever become just a decent bat-to-ball guy, doesn't even need all the power, just he has the potential to become a stud for this team if he can figure it out, even just a little bit, with the bat there. So between the glove, his speed, he presents something that is really valuable to this lineup and is certainly still an asset right now. But the fact that he 
went from Reading last year to the majors. It's clear that he is an unfinished, unpolished product. And uh, you know, unfortunately, that came to light at the worst possible time last year and throughout the postseason in general, where you know he goes four for 43 and in a number of key spots was not able to come through for this team. But in the days following that Game 7, I'm saying to myself, man, Rojas really needs to put in some work in the cage this offseason if he has, wants to have an impact on the Phillies next year and uh, just this team in 2024. And the first, him being the first guy to get back working with K-Long, getting back in the cage, is a really good sign. That's all he can really ask for. And I'm hoping that pays off for him because I'm still a Johan Rojas believer, even if he doesn't start the year off with the Major League Club. Uh, he just has so much raw talent, so much natural ability. Uh, so that was good stuff to see from Rojas for sure. And it's hard to ignore the fact that He's the potential to become one of the best defensive center fielders in the league perennially. So uh, I'm still very much in on Johan Rojas. And if he can get this going with the bat, that would be really ideal for this baseball team. So that was a good report to see. A good article there from Alex Coffey, The Inquirer. Make sure to check that out. But uh, free agency stuff. So we are certainly, you know, lacking a little bit on the content here in terms of free agency. But uh, wish I had more to talk about. Even a rumor would be lovely, but the stove is just ice cold right now. And I think it has a lot to do with the unknown of the big name guys in the market right now, like Snell, like Bellinger. Uh, and I will say, it's going to be really interesting to see if some of those big names, like I just mentioned, probably Snell more specifically, if they're available in a month or so from now and it's getting close to spring training, if Dave Dombrowski tries to find a way to get a potential two-time Cy Young winner on a possible discount, kind of like Castellanos uh, there before the 2022 season, if you can get a deal late in the winter, maybe a little under market value, I think that could be a potential big-time you know play for this team. And you know, I've made it clear before that I wasn't the biggest Snell guy, but now that you have Nola back, you have Wheeler, you have Ranger Suarez, if you can add Snell to that rotation, then you have what I think is far and away the best rotation in the sport, even with what the Dodgers have done this offseason with acquiring Glass now, acquiring Yamamoto. Uh, I would be ecstatic at this point if they went out and made a move like that because it sets you up for an incredibly entertaining National League outlook this year between the Braves, the Phils, the Dodgers, all three of those guys. So I was more out on Blake Snell being the Aaron Nola replacement, but I am definitely in on Blake Snell being a Phil in general. And I'd Genuinely be very surprised if it happened, but that would be certainly a reason to get excited if the Phillies are able to, I've said it before, improve the rotation because to me, Taiwan Walker is a guy who I'm just trying to get off any possible way I can. And I really like what Christopher Sanchez did last year. So having a five-man rotation with Christopher Sanchez as your number five and bringing in a guy like Snell, which sets you up for a monster top three of Wheeler, Nola, Snell, and then having two really good left-handers behind them as well. I think that would be massive for this team. But uh, other free agent stuff, want to talk about Josh Hader here for a minute. Uh, Reports have come out that he is looking for a deal in excess of Edwin Diaz's contract last year where he's making just under $25 million a year for, I think, four or five years. I forget exactly. But uh, I understand that the closer role is something that fans are uneasy about. After the way the NLCS went down with Craig Kimbrell, who of course is now a Baltimore Oriole. But that doesn't necessarily mean you just have to throw $20 million a year for someone who's in the latter stages of his prime. And while, sure, 
does Josh Hader bring him in help you next year? I think it would. But that's a contract I could just see aging poorly when I can't help but just think of the Papabon deal and how it could end up going similarly to that. Sure, the team was on the decline in 2012, but it just makes me nervous giving a reliever that type of money, especially if he struggles, because you know they'll be extremely hesitant, especially with a guy like Hader, who hasn't done much of any you know bullpen role in his career besides closing, uh, hesitant to move him out of that role when, again, he's never really done that before. And I would hate it if they signed a guy like Hader uh, and you know it doesn't work out in the closer role, and then you're kind of scrambling saying, boy, this isn't a contract that probably we should have given out. And uh, I just, there are other relievers out on the market right now who go for way under that value that I would be very in on if I'm the Phils and Dave Dombrowski, specifically both Robert Stevenson and our boy Hector Naris. Uh, much cheaper options who are um, still probably at the peak of their careers right now and can slide into different roles for you as well. And I know the fans in this town, you know, aren't the biggest Hector. There's a lot of non-Hector Naris supporters, but uh, for whatever reason, I don't know why that is because, you know, I thought he had a relatively good Phillies career. I know he blew some games, but, you know, every closer does. Just, you know, take a look around the league. But uh, if you think about it, the Phillies had just paid Hector what they gave to Jury's freaking familia before the 2022 season. Uh, they probably won the World Series. But now it's time to make that up for that, Dave. Bring him home. I want Hector Naris back on this team in 2024. I think you could put him in a number of different roles. You don't have to put him in the closer role. You know, you got guys like Alvarado. You got guys like Kirkering. We'll see if Sir Anthony can bounce back next year. You can kind of do that closer by committee thing that Rob Thompson has done over his tenure. And I think you could, you know, slide him in a number of different spots. So I think that would be an interesting value play for the Phillies if they were to bring back a guy like Hector. Love Stevenson, too. Had a really good year in Tampa Bay last year. So... Two guys I would certainly be in on uh, are Hector and Robert Stevenson. So last thing here before I you know, get into my Phil's moments from 2023 is in terms of the trade market, I just need a juicy Dylan Cease rumor so badly. I am, I've said it before, but I am beyond all in on Dylan Cease. I just think you have a really sort of unique opportunity to buy low on a guy who has some really impressive stuff. Uh, he had some trouble controlling the fastball last year, left some balls over the plate. Uh, barrel percentage was up. He caught some barrels for sure there and some hard hit balls. But the fastball, the velocity still there. The slider's gross. I have full faith that if you got him here with Caleb Cotham and with this coaching staff, that he would bounce back and kind of have a breakout potential like Zach Wheeler did after he comes here from the Mets. Uh, if this guy puts it together, he has a chance to be one of the best pitchers in the sport uh, after he was already a Cy Young finalist. In 2022, are you going to have to give up, you know, a significant package? Still, sure. You're probably giving up Mick Abel. You're probably giving up Justin Crawford. But to me, it is worth it for a guy who has two more years of team control uh, before you have to pay him and has a ton of upside and can really bolster your rotation. And again, I think you bring in Dylan Cease, this becomes the best rotation in baseball next year. So, all in on Cease. Would just love a rumor connecting the Phils to him. Just. Somebody please release it. I don't even care if it's fake. Just just give me give me the Dylan Seas rumor. But uh, no, he's still out there. No, Corbin Burns is still out there on the trade market too. And uh, I'd be thrilled with him as well. But I just think you, again, have a unique opportunity with Seas to buy low on a guy who is you know, legitimate ace stuff and could be a perennial all-star pitcher. So that's where I'm at with kind of these offseason moves, free agency, uh, trades, and 
uh, just what Dave Dombrowski has to do to, you know, get the stove a little hot. Let's heat up the stove, Dave. Come on. What are we doing? But all right, enough cold stove talk here. Let's get to what I've been excited about uh, to get into on this pod. And in anticipation of the new year, let's do the top five moments of 2023 for the Philadelphia Phillies. So let's do it. Have to throw in some honorable mentions to start here. There was like 10 to 12 moments that I wrote down. It was tough coming up with the top five. So uh, I wanted to throw in my honorable mentions here as well. Uh, The JT cycle against the Diamondbacks, honorable mention. First Philly cycle since David Bell in 04. And that was just a hilarious game in general because we had a chance to have another moment of the season in that same game in Arizona there. I think it was in June uh, when Cody Clemens hits a potential go-ahead homer to take a 10-9 lead in Arizona at Chase Field. And it turns out to go foul by less than a foot. and They lose 9-8. But uh, yeah, for my money, yeah, most heartbreaking loss to the Diamondbacks in Phillies history. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I am still hurt by the Arizona Diamondbacks. Thank you for asking. But yeah, so that was a moment for sure. Uh, some other honorable mentions. Uh, two Castellanos moments uh, with his two homers against Strider in Game 5 of the NLDS. And uh, a few weeks early in the regular season, something that gets a little forgotten is him throwing out Luke Williams at the plate in what was, you know, at the time, a massive win for the Phils because, you know, that first wild card spot was still in the balance. And I remember, you know, in late August, early September, they're kind of teetering on, you know, are they definitely going to get this first wild card spot? I know it was the Cubs at the time, the Marlins, uh, a couple other teams in there. They were, you know, Phils were only up by a couple games there, and. Uh, they really needed some wins in Atlanta, and I know Atlanta had already clinched, but I thought it was also a confidence booster to go into Atlanta, and they ended up taking two or three in that series. And you know what was a massive win that day uh, for the Phils? Uh, Castellanos throwing out um, Luke Williams, former Philly great, uh, at the plate, and uh, yeah, Orlando Arcia popping up to right field, and that was just a crazy play. And then the uh, quote post game was even better when. Nick was just like, yeah, I wasn't going to catch it at first because it was in foul territory, but that little voice in my mind just told me to catch it and throw it home. And, you know, wait to listen to that little voice, Nick. So that was a great moment. Uh, was thinking about throwing Harper's 300th in there, but Craig Kimbrell just had to ruin it and blow that game in the, against the Angels in the ninth in only Craig Kimbrell-like fashion. And, you know, of, of, that would have been certainly a moment if they ended up winning that game. But I remember I was there. I was so pissed after they lost. And, uh, you know, we should have seen the Craig Kimbrell postseason struggles coming, I guess, uh, after that one where he just absolutely, that was the stretch where Harper had hit, I think it was three separate home runs. It was that one against the Angels. Uh, it was the three-run homer that hit the pole against the Giants, and they were down 5-2. And uh, one against, you know, his guy he owns in Rysel Iglesias. He hit one against the Braves to tie the game in the ninth inning, too. Uh, and they end up losing all those games because the bullpen can't hold it, so... Yeah, you know, they killed so many Bryce moments there, but I mean, it's what Bryce Harper does. He steps up when it matters most, except in game six and seven. But we'll ignore that for now. But uh, yeah, that was a crazy stretch from Harper, and you know, had to mention his 300th in there as well. Uh, the last honorable mention before I get to the top five is the Rojas walk-off to send them to the playoffs because that was just an awesome moment, and it was cool to see him come through in that moment, and you know, the reaction from his teammates—they were all so happy for him and. You know, you could tell it was just a whirlwind for him to be able to come through in a big spot in that moment and send the Phils to the playoffs and you know, get the celebration going in what was you know, a fun night down there at Citizens Bank Park. So last uh, honorable mention, Johan Rojas 
walk-off to send the Phils to the postseason. But okay, enough honorable mentions. Here is my top five. Starting with number five, the Christian Pache home run against A.J. Puck in Miami to extend the Phillies' road game winning streak to 13 games. Winning 13 games on the road is crazy. In it. 13 games in a row on the road is crazy in itself. But the fact that Pache comes off the bench with two outs in the ninth, and you're just hoping he puts the bat on the ball, puts the ball in play, walks maybe to get Schwarber up. But the way it just hung up there in the air after he hit it in what was right center field in Miami, barely got out. Celebration was just unreal. Like, dugout reactions were crazy. Uh, It was just an awesome moment. And I remember being so fired up after that win because, again, right in the thick of the wild card race, so all of those wins at that point were massively important. And, hey, the Marlins were one of those teams that they were right there competing with at the end for the top wild card spot. So, uh, it was a massive homer, and to win 13 straight games on the road is certainly a big accomplishment. So that is my number five slot on this list. Give me the Christian Pache homer in Miami. Extend the Phillies road game winning streak to 13 games. Number four, give me the Michael Lorenzen no-hitter. Just an like absolutely absurd game looking back in general, because especially for a random game against the Nats in August, earlier that night you have... The Weston Wilson homer in his first major league at bat, which probably could have been on this list itself, but because you know that was just such an awesome moment, and there was so many in that game that ended up being a backstory, and then you end up talking about the Lorenzo no hitter on the radio. Like I was on right after the game, and everyone was talking about the Lorenzo no hitter, and I'm just sitting there. I remember thinking to myself, "Dude, this dude was the first guy in a Phillies uniform since Marlon Anderson in 1998." Uh, to hit a home run in his first at-bat. He's in the minors for seven seasons, had a lot of pop down there in AAA. For him, in front of his family, in front of his friends, to do that in that moment is what every little kid playing baseball, you know, that's what you dream about. And uh, But it ends up, of course, being a side story to what was the moment of the night. Michael Lorenzen, in his second start as a fill, after the trade deadline, throws a no-freaking-hitter against the Nats. And you know, unfortunately there, he caught some Johan Santana syndrome where he throws the no-hitter, and it was, of course, crazy celebration, great night, and then kind of forgets how to pitch after it's done. He literally faces the Nats the next start, and he gets absolutely rocked, I remember. The Phillies took a huge lead in that game, and uh, he ends up giving, I think, a couple big home runs up, and they end up losing that game. So that's just so funny how that happens. But it was a moment to remember for sure. The first... Uh, no-no for the Phillies since Cole did it Wrigley in 2015. And while his Phillies tenure, you know, Lorenzen's, didn't go as expected after bringing him over from the Tigers deadline, it was still a nice moment for him, for his family, and uh, the fans in attendance in that game as well, something that all those fans will never forget. So Michael Lorenzen's no-no is at number four. Moving on, let's get to number three on this list. Give me Bryson Stott's Grand Slam Game two of the wild card series against the Miami Marlins. Uh, being at this game myself, this was a moment that you know, I'll never forget. And it wasn't like the biggest home run you could ever hit because you know, I made a 3 nothing game, a 7 nothing game, even though it did pretty much seal a series victory that they would move on to play the Braves in the NLDS. But it was more about the crowd and the atmosphere and what that moment was like at Citizens Bank Park. Uh, the video that got posted on Twitter with no commentators and everyone singing his walk-up song. Genuinely one of my favorite sports videos that 
I think has ever been posted. Uh, just it was on the first pitch. Song just rolls right into the homer, and it was just absolutely electric. Just it was awesome. And if some days I'm some days I'm missing the fills. Like I'm I'm all in on the Eagles right now. I'm all in Sixers, Flyers. It's an exciting time in the city for sure. But you know sometimes I miss turning on my TV at 6:40 every night and just watching this baseball team. And sometimes I just watch that and it gets me fired up every single time. And I'm just like, you know. I, they made me sad, and they blew the NLCS for sure, but uh, I miss this team. And that is a video that would always, you know, I always will enjoy watching that. And like, you could show that to any free agent who would want to come to Philadelphia, and you go, this is what playing in this town is like. So, incredible moment to be there for live. The vibe's just all-time high. And uh, second Grand Slam in Philly's postseason history as well, with uh, Shane Victorino, of course, being the other. So, Give me Bryson Stott's wild card Grand Slam as my number three moment of the season for the Phils. Number two, give me the Bryce Harper, Orlando Arcia, attaboy, two-homer game, whatever you want to call it. Game three of the National League Division Series, Phils-Braves, was at this game too. And man, that was just an absolutely electric night. There was so much anticipation heading into that game because of all the locker room stuff with Arcia after game two. And Bryce gets thrown out and gets doubled off to you know end the game and tie the series. And then RC is just, the videos come out after the game of him just being antagonized by the fans the entire night in the dugout, and uh, which was just priceless, by the way. And we talk about Bryce Harper rising up to the moment all the time. Of course, sending the Phillies to the World Series in 2022. We talked about those regular season moments. but And I know we didn't do it against the Diamondbacks there in Game 6 and Game 7, but this was one of the best individual performances out of a baseball player you could possibly have. Like that first homer against Elder was so emphatic, second deck, and it just it felt very similar to the Reese homer in 2022 because you go up 4-1, to one, take commanding lead in the game, and then a couple innings later to be able to take an 80-mile-an-hour you know, hanging curveball from Brad Hand, Phil's legend, uh, and take him dead center and just stare this man Orlando Arcia down once again both times. Uh, as he's round the bases, it was just incredible. And I know they didn't get back to the World Series. And I'd call last year's postseason a disappointment in the end for sure. But that was nonetheless an incredible moment and one which I won't forget for a very long time. And then to ice it off, the Strider chance at the end is they're up, you know, 10 to whatever it was, 10 to 1. Uh, and, you know, I won't forget that for a very long time. Very fun game to be at as well. So that is number two. And now, finally, at number one, during a season with a ton of moments, what better could be number one on this list than August 4th, 2023, a standing ovation for a struggling Trey Turner that would end up turning his season around and potentially his Phillies career around as well. It's not only the fact that it ended up working, but this ovation shed such a positive light on Philadelphia fans. It became a national story that I don't think we've seen something in this city like in a long time like that, if ever. You know this guy is going to be here for over a decade. He was clearly in his own head, especially after the era in Miami. Uh, you know, he's facing reporters after the game. He's not looking anyone in the eye. He just looks so down on himself. And to get behind this guy and rise up and say, you know, he's our guy. Let's get behind this dude. I think it says something just about how much this fan base in this city truly cares about its sports. And it was just the right guy at the right time. Other cities tried to duplicate it after, but it was 
nothing like it. It was incredible. And he obviously, it was against the Royals. He ends up hitting a big homer the next night. And it just propels him. And he looks like the Trey Turner of old, one of the elite shortstops, if not the best shortstop in baseball. So that was my number one moment of the 2023 season for the Philadelphia Phillies. And yeah, that's going to do it for this final 2023 edition of Phillies today. Thanks again to everyone who listens, as always. And you know, once again, Dave Dombrowski, I'm asking you nicely. Do something. Just do anything. Like, I, I want to talk about a nice little move next week on the pod, if I can. So, Dave, just please, man, just anything. It can be small. It doesn't have to be huge. Just, just come on, buddy. Let's do something. <laughs> this has been Justin Morgenstein for Phillies 24-7. And have a great new year, everybody. Thanks for listening. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t